Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Warzone listeners, my name is Mike Casper, and I wanted to share why I've been a Warzone Patreon going on two years. I've been a member of quite a few other fantasy football Patreons and never had a one-on-one connection like I do with the Warzone host. Memphis has called me to discuss team-specific and rookie draft strategies multiple times, and that's something I've just never experienced anywhere else. Uh, Memphis has also given podcasting advice on a regular basis and supports the individual Patreons in sharing their talents with the group. The group chat is always active. There's no group think there. People are honest and willing to share their opinions. And last, the Patreon leagues are fun and always active in trading. I know one league had over 20 trades in a 24-hour time period. So if that's something you're interested in, sign up for the Patreon. The price stays the same, but the perks be- being a Patreon keep rising. I'll see you there and look forward to welcoming you to the family. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the people's Dynasty Podcast, on today's show, we are going to give up some of our reactions, our rankings, our discussion about all things Combine, but here's a guy that I am always going to love in spite of his 5-5-40. It is my co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power, Jerry Sinclair. What's up, buddy? So obviously, I watched a lot of the Combine. And the conversation of how fast I could actually run a 40 came up multiple times. And you are actually more optimistic than I am. I think I'm probably more in the 5'7 range. Well, I, I think we can, we, we can both agree that you are a sub-six-second athlete. In yeah, the I, oh, I think so. And the worst part is I think I'm sort of quick, and I still think it would be like 5'7 or 5'6. So what you're saying is, is that your burst score – Way <laughs> yeah, way yeah. better than, than your speed score. With with a torn hamstring too. Five seven with a pulled hammy at least. Five seven pulled hammy. Um Jerry Sore is, for two weeks. He, he is literally reading out of the uh the uh, Isaiah Spiller playbook, but more on that <laughs> in just a minute. Uh Jerry, can I take just a minute to tell you about the power of our YouTube channel? I would love for you to do that. So I'm gonna marry, apologize, and mix a bunch of things all into one. So first of all, all of you that normally listen to this show on Apple iTunes, I super apologize. On Wednesday, the Dynasty Warzone did not upload. On Thursday, a second version of that Wednesday Dynasty Warzone show wouldn't upload. Our man Kyle from the FF Smackdown, his podcast wouldn't upload. So we use a hosting service called Podbean. And I sent an email to Podbean and, and the, the service people got back to me and they said, yeah, it's because Apple wouldn't launch the show because your your show picture is two megapixels too big. I'm like, run that by me again in English, English. And they're like, well, the, the, the proper sizing has to be 400 by 400 megapixels or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not the computer guy on the team. But they were like, yours is actually 402 by 400. <laughs> I, I, I wish I was kidding you. I wish I was kidding you. Uh, thanks to some help from Kyle from the FF SmackDown, we got it fixed. And on Sunday, we had like three Apple podcasts drop all at once. So we got it figured out. 
should be in good shape. You should you should have heard Dallas on the rookie rundown on Monday. You should have heard the boys at the Dynasty War Games on Tuesday, and we're back on Wednesday. But you wouldn't have missed this show had you been subscribed to the Dynasty Wars on YouTube channel. Because not only would you have gotten it last Wednesday, you actually would have gotten it retro back to last Sunday. So YouTube channel, it's always there. And by the way, subscribe everywhere, not just on iTunes. Have a backup. If, if you listen on Spotify, back it up on Podbean. If you listen on Apple, back it up on Spotify. It's not because we don't miss shows. We've, we've never missed a Wednesday in almost four years. It'll be four years, like around the, the first weekend in July. Amen. We don't miss shows. So if it's not there on Wednesday, you especially those of you that are new, that don't know the consistency of the Dynasty Warzone, it's, it's out there. So YouTube, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple. And while you're there, leave interaction. Leave a five-star review. Leave a thumbs up on the video. Leave a comment. Talk about Jerry with that cap on backwards. He he looks kind of like a young Marky Mark. That's a, You might be dating yourself a little bit too much for a lot of the listeners, but I do appreciate it. That's a compliment for me. Like, 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 like a young Mark Wahlberg. Maybe more Donnie Wahlberg. Than, than the, little than, new kids than on the block action. Okay, I, I, I'm right. thinking of like like his TV run. But at any rate, he was much older in his TV run, Jerry. But at any rate, Dynasty Warzone. Just go to YouTube, search it. You'll find it. Subscribe. You'll never miss a thing. And if you're already a podcast consumer, get a backup podcast feed. So there you go. There, there's a little life lesson. That's not just a Dynasty Warzone thing. That could be any of your favorite podcasts. You ain't lying. How do you how do you consume yours? Uh, I'm an Apple guy, it just, okay. but, but that's the thing. Um, but I, I have Spotify, and I, I have been backing up, like some of us smaller independent podcasters, my boys at the FF Dynasty. You know, we've had those guys on. You know, it just, it, it's good. So I use Apple, but I have Spotify as a backup. You know, I, I know people are like, you listen to that there, Joe Rogan. You know, <laughs> I, I, I have I listened to Joe Rogan? Sure. Is that why I have Spotify? No. Um, if Joe Rogan has a guest that I like, like he recently had on former UFC fighter, Michael Bisping, good conversation. So I listened some of the other wacky shit. I don't listen. Yeah. I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, so I haven't listened to a ton, but I, 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 everyone, like you said, if he has a good guest, I'll listen to him. This hat, not a tinfoil hat. So I don't believe in conspiracies. Yeah. Me. But, uh, Jerry, you know what I do believe in? What's that? Good people. Bad tweets, and uh, I found a do- I found a doozy. Now, uh, those of you that know me know that I am a huge comic book aficionado. Jerry, is that fair? That is absolutely fair. I believe the uh, the artistic presence Silence? on your arm would suggest it. So huge fan. So I, I definitely love it. Um, but this comes from Mister Matthew Seward. Seward. I don't know, at Matt Too Frosty on the old Twitter machine. And Matt said, Matthew, by the way, Matthew, my middle name for those keeping score at Mine home. Mine too. Uh, is that right? Yeah. How have I known you for like half a decade? <laughs> Didn't know we had yeah. the, the same middle name. But Matthew here, this Matthew, says Robert Patterson, Pattinson? Whatever Pattinson. the fuck this guy. Yeah, whatever the fuck his name is. The, the, the Twilight fella perfectly encapsulates what it means to be the Batman. He was better in one movie than Christian Bale in three. Now, in fairness to Matthew, I have not seen the Batman. Have you, Jerry? No. 
No, I was uh, I was building a baseball dugout this week. It's in the three hours, hours, right? And that's that's not that. This means it's good. Nah. But nah. but to, to just you know day one, that's hyperbole. You know, and what a perfect time for the Batman to come out. You know, is during combine season, full of hyperbole. Now, I will see this movie. Um, we have plans as a family to see it this weekend. My wife from the Twilight days is a big Robert, whatever the hell his name is, fan. Um, my son and I love, you know, comic book movies. So we're going to go see it on Saturday. So we're, it's definitely in the cards. But, dude, Christian Bale was great. And, and just to sit here and say he's better than Christian Bale, like, have you forgot Michael Keaton? And if you want to get super campy, Nick at Night from way back in the day, Adam West, are you kidding me? Jerry, I'm, I'm shooketh, shooketh to my core. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge superhero movie guy, but I don't I hold mean, that Chris, against Chris, you. Christian Bale was a good Batman, I thought. Uh, and I don't know about Robert Pattinson's portrayal because, like I mentioned, I haven't seen it, but. Nothing I've ever seen him in suggests that he is going to compete. He was in a Water for Elephants. Have you ever, did you ever see that? Based on a book. Mm-hmm. Look at that, Jerry. I, I hit. These are movies my wife made made me watch. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I, I'm I'm fascinated. But but you know, Matthew's a great follow. He puts out a bunch of good football and and dynasty content. And then I forget the other person. He said that the dark Knight rises, the final of the Christian Bale trilogy, the one with Bane was like his number eight Batman movie of all time. That's also a horrible take. Horrible, (laughs) horrible. But then again, you know, it was hyperbole season, Jerry. I had people out there. It was the best Batman ever. It was better than the one, um, the dark Knight. better. That's the Heath, Heath Ledger Joker one. I'm like, when this one wins an Academy Award for somebody, let me know. It's almost Academy Award. Let me know. You know, the the Joker with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix won a uh, an Academy Award. By the way, trivia question for you, Jerry. You like trivia? I do. Uh, only two characters in the history of cinema have won the Academy Award for two different actors. One is the Joker. We just mentioned that one for uh, Heath Ledger. And for Joaquin Phoenix, can you name the other? Uh, You're a man of history. It's got to be James Bond, right? No, it's actually The Godfather. Um, Marlon Brando won won the Academy Award for the portrayal of older Vito Corleone. And then Robert De Niro won it for the portrayal of a younger Vito Corleone in two. How do you like that, Jerry? Look at this. Learning new things every day. Learning new things learning new things. That's what we do over at the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Wrapping up patron, was it 13? Yep. I mean, you guys are letting me steal the back end of this draft. Bro, uh, you can you can have every dirt-ass player that's in the back end of this draft. We're in round 21, I think. Oh, my God. I, it's scraps. It's absolute scraps. Oh, this is this is where you know no. dynasty. This these is where dynasty you're Don't lie this, to these people. This, no, I, I got Eno Benjamin. I got <laughs> oh, Harrison man. Bryant. I, I've got several guys that. Hey, you know what? I only need one game to unload these guys, but it won't That's happen true. to our patrons. It won't happen to our patrons over at Patreon.com. It, it will. It will happen to you for a third. That's how that works. But that's the beauty of it. You know, it was good weather here in the Midwest this weekend. Still guys talking football in the chat. 
getting after it, talking about the startup, all kinds of goodness. And if that's what you're into, come on over. On top of that, you're going to want help in your rookie drafts. Right, Jerry? Oh, absolutely. That's what we do. That's what we do. I just recorded a podcast tonight for our patrons before we jumped on, dropped up uh, 32 players, ranked 32 players, six QBs, 11 wide receivers, 10 running backs, five tight ends. All rookies. All rookies. Post-combine. And that's the kind of stuff you get for five bucks a month over the Dynasty Warzone Patreon. Now, I've heard of others for 10 bucks, 15 bucks, even 20 bucks a month. Five. Five bucks gets you a month of goodness over at Dynasty Warzone. You're going to get four extra podcasts a week. You're going to get in the group chat. You're going to get help with your rookie drafts, startup drafts, and so much more with me and the gang and Jerry and the gang. Forgot about Jerry. It's that hat on backwards. It's, you know, Colin Cowherd, not a hat on backwards guy. Yeah, no, I, I had to hear about it with Matthew Stafford when he was in Detroit all the time. I, be, I bet you did. But patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, the sponsor of Good People, Bad Tweets. Jerry, there was a combine this week. Randall. What were, what were your initial takeaways from the combine? For one, let me just say that the combine is the first holiday in the Dynasty offseason. There are several. Now, granted, the draft is one of probably the pinnacle holiday outside of opening day. But the combine is hype season. And Randall Young, it hit like a nuclear bomb. Because wide receivers went absolutely bananas on the 40, which is by far the absolute sexiest thing that happens at the combine outside of those spandex. And everybody ran fast. Everybody loved it. What did you think? of the four threes and the four fours and the, the speed that we saw. Well, should we take it seriously? Well, of course you should. It's a, histor- it's a historical data point leading to success. But here's the thing. When, uh, have you ever seen, speaking of movies, also an Academy Award winner, have you ever seen the movie The Color of Money when Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, way back in the day? If you yeah. haven't, it's a, it's, a, it's a classic for all you youngsters. Billiards, right? Billiards, pool, yeah. yes. Uh, a young Tom Cruise, Paul Newman, fantastic movie. And there's a line in the movie, he says, a lot of guys doing it. And if a lot of guys are doing it, only one guy can be the best. A lot of guys are running four fours. So today, Sunday, as we're recording this live on, on YouTube, I was at the furniture store, Jerry, because, you know, after after you've you know built baseball dugouts all weekend, the next thing you want to do is furniture shopping. Uh-huh. So, so I was at the furniture store with my lovely wife, and she was you know talking to the salesperson, blah blah blah, you know getting this thing you know taken care of. They happen to have a TV right by the couch area. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give them an an, an A for uh, for, me for out. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them an A for like design. You know, like the, the layout of the store. You put a TV in the couch section. Who's not going to plop down for 30, 60, 90 seconds, maybe more? And, and I did. And I, I was watching the defensive backs on Sunday morning. It was when Rich Eisen and his co-host were interviewing Frank Reich. And the defensive backs were running. Defensive backs are the, the arch nemesis of the wide receiver position. We would agree yeah. there. Yeah. I watched five guys in a row. Five guys in a row ran between a 4-4-0 and a four five zero. 
until Kyle Hamilton came up and ran like a four six one. So I was like, if a lot of guys are doing it, what happened to this data point? Not that it no longer matters, but we're going to get into like the where we have some of these guys and, and who was some risers and fallers. But some of the data points of the combine, I know there are tremendous data collection sites out there. I know there's pre- player profiler. Um, I know there's four for four or is it four by four? That's a truck. I, don't know. I always say four for four. Four for four. I, th- I think that DLF, our boys, uh, you know, Ryan McDowell and Shane and Addison Hayes and the gang over the DLF, they do a great job with the Dynasty Nerds. Great job with data. I just think that data point means less than it used to, Jerry. It's not. It's not irrelevant. It's not time to throw the forty out the window. But does that make sense? And when you yeah, see I so mean, many guys doing it, does it cheapen it? The baseline for what it is to be an NFL player is continuously evolving. I think is what you're going for. The the baseline are all extremely fast. I mean, it's a fast game. So I I hear you. And, you know, I I think it's, it says more for the guys that aren't hitting that threshold than it does for the guys that are hitting that threshold. I think, I mean, not to say like a four or five, two or anything is slow and you're not going to be able to make it and, I'm I'm not vomiting that nonsense. Like certain people will absolutely. I, I just want I want to see. I, hear you. I just want I just want to see. For more than anything else, we're going to get into some guys that moved up our draft board, moved down our draft board here in ju- in just a second. But I'm I guess I'm less impressed. I'm numb to it. Again, you just start yeah. seeing it over and over and over, and it's like okay, next data point. It, it goes into the equation. It's going to go into the equation. I, yeah, I, I think I think I think we need to see what happens next year, though, too, though, because th- maybe this is just an extremely fast class because it's be. because, you know, over the last you know two or three years, we haven't seen to the extent guys hitting this sort of speed scores. So, you know, maybe it's just a, an outlier of a class, but we'll see next year if it's the same thing. Then then you are definitely cooking with gas, my friend. Let me ask you another question. Shoot. Now, now um, I, I referenced playerprofiler.com earlier. So last year we didn't do a combine, and they were putting everybody's pro day metric on their little bar graph that goes up, yeah. and they were subtracting five one hundredths of a, of a of a speed score of a second yeah. off of everybody. So if you ran a four four five, you know they were calling it a four five zero. They were yeah. rounding it up. They they were going to take back half of or five one-hundredths of a point because it's your pro day. Do we need to go back and look at those data points? And it's not their fault. They you know, they, they had their own formula, yeah. if you will. But maybe those numbers at those pro days are more accurate than we thought. That's, that could be very true. And, and I think we're going to need another couple of years of this data yeah. set to, to see what's happening because I see it every day. My son is immersed in baseball training, and I'm seeing him on things like hit tracks. If you don't know what that is, throw it in the Google machine. You know, the, the biomechanic reading, the way to make these players better athletes. And baseball players really aren't better athletes. They're just baseball players, but football players are. And as technology evolves, as coaching evolves, as training evolves, as nutrition evol- evolves, it's not shocking me, I guess, to see that these guys are, are, are doing things. Um, if you watch the um, Arnold Classic from Canton, Ohio this weekend, people squatting 900 pounds like it's nothing. At body weights, like back in the day, you'd be almost a 400-pound person to be squatting 900. 
not the case. You know, guys at 290, which is a big human. Yeah. But again, they're moving 900 pounds at like a pace that we've not seen before. So the human machine is getting better. So I guess I'm just going to discount it a little bit. But enough well, about that. Who who was a guy that, that that really caught your eye that maybe you, you knew of, but you weren't as uh, prepared to see what you saw? Uh, I think the biggest guy was Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. So, you know, you, you watch him and he plays at North Dakota State and he looked, you know, he looked good. I didn't know he was going to run into four threes. You know, that is, <laughs> I mean, when you're 6'4 and you're 200 pounds and you can run a 4.36, that's just silly. And he had a 38-inch vertical, 39-inch vertical something. You know, may, maybe this is just Jerry falling for the big guy that runs fast. Done it before. Hopefully I don't fall for it again. I'm not going to say I'm going to overdraft him, but it was a guy that was sort of one of those fringe second-round picks that I think is going to creep up much more, uh, especially depending on where he lands in the draft. So that was one of the guys that I was not necessarily ready for him to just shine, really, and and he did. So that was good to see, especially because some of the other big names just didn't. Uh, for, for me, I had a couple. Um, yeah, I, I was like with, with Watson – I would have traded that. What was it? Four three six. Mm-hmm. I, what was he? Six foot three. Uh, six four. Six four. I would. I would. But he weighed like two hundred and nine pounds. Two oh eight. Yep. Two oh eight. I would have much rather had him ran run like a four 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 or four four two. Yeah. At like two hundred and fifteen pounds. And I, I know it. we're. I know we're splitting. He's got big hairs. mitts too, which is nice. Ten sure. one, the opposite of Kenny Pick. So yeah. that's good. Well, man, at eight point five. I said, I said, if I was Kenny Pickett, I would wear my jersey number would be eight decimal point five. <laughs> so for me, it was your boy Kenneth Walker. Okay, you know he kind of came out of nowhere, went ran a four three eight. You know, actually, he's one of those few college players that actually measured up to his actual height and weight in the program. Normally, on a college program, when they tell you a guy's five foot nine, he's five foot seven. Yeah, and when they tell you he's two hundred and fifteen pounds, he's two hundred and eight pounds, but he weighed in at you know two hundred and fifteen pounds. He was five foot eleven, and it really wasn't so much the four three eight forty. It was really the way that he looked in the passing game for me. Yeah, I hear you. You know, just because you know it's one of those things. Just because you haven't seen someone do it doesn't mean they can't do it. So he he fell into it. So I, I let's just start the running back positions. I'll yep. give you my absolute truth at the at the running back position. Okay. Here, here's my absolute truth. Brees Hall is my 101, and Kenneth Walker is my 102. Nothing is going to change that on draft day unless Kenneth Walker either A, lands in a horrible situation like he gets drafted by Indy, something like that, right? or he pulls a Darius Geis, and I'm not going down that road, mm-hmm. you know, or he falls to the fifth round of this draft class. I don't see any of those things happening to him or Brees Hall, so it's going to be hard for me as an absolute. And I will move if there's a big enough data point or bit of information to make me move. But for right now, I'm leaving Walker at two and Hall at one. What are your thoughts, Jerry, and what was one of your absolutes coming out of the combine? Uh, So uh, as far as those two are concerned, I think they separated themselves a ton. 
they both ran like lightning. They both have good size. They both had production. They were already, you know, the elite prospects, and they just separated themselves. I don't think I will take other running backs. I, I mean, I, I just I can't imagine myself doing it with, with with how they all looked. I mean, I, Isaiah Spiller, you know, I know he didn't he didn't end up running it. He got little baby hands. He was probably already my third, so that was tough. As as far as an absolute, I was absolutely shocked to see both Ohio State wide receivers run as fast as they did. They're, they, I mean, those guys are awesome and they're very good. But the thing that really scared me because I've been talking about Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one. That dude ran the gauntlet and he did little bunny hops every time he caught the ball, and I hated every second of it. It just, I, I don't know what to do. This, the combine didn't really solidify a ton for me, except for Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker up at the top. I, I will tell you this. I just recorded a patron podcast with ranking these running backs. And Hall is one, Walker is two. If you want the rest, go, go become a patron. You can get that podcast and 160 others in the archives for five bucks a month. Hey, for five bucks, if you can listen to them all in a month, then then you can cancel your subscription and, and, and go do something else. But I don't, I don't think you That will. would be impressive. That would be impressive, actually. That'd be like a three, five a day, or more than. And I just said this, from number three to number 10, and everything in between is subject to change depending on NFL draft capital. 100% true. You know, if a guy like Zamir White gets day two draft capital and he goes to a spot I love like Miami – Put a rocket ship on his back because he's going. Uh, he's heading up toward the top of the list. If a guy that I like, like uh, Rashad White, again gets drafted to Indy or Tennessee or a, a place with a crowded backfield, he's going to go further down my rankings. This is far from a bulletproof running back group, but there is enough intrigue here. Uh, I do want to talk about Kyron Williams a little bit. That we have to. Four seven forty. What yes. were your thoughts? Elijah Holyfield. It was uh, it was Elijah Holyfield of like three years ago, and it sucks because. But Elijah Holyfield was like two hundred and thirty pounds a man. I, I agree. This I, guy. I this guy is sub two hundred pounds. Yeah, it was. It was the exact. Uh, it here's my thing. Like you had to have tried to run the forty leading up to the combine, right? Like you're an NFL running back. You know, if you're going to run the 40, you've trained to run the 40. If you know you are running that bad at your size, opt out of the damn thing. People are going to assume that you run faster than that. That was run a it. piss, piss poor decision. No, run it I, at your pro, run day. It pro day. Yeah, exactly. Run it downhill. Run it at 39 <laughs> yards. Touchdown, was, G- touchdown, Jesus. Maybe it slopes toward touchdown, I mean, Jesus in South he was He was almost solidified as the RB4 in this class, you know, pr- pretty broadly. And well, this is a case where that was so bad. Where, where the, the, the statistics you've seen in college and the tape you put on college versus the numbers you got at the combine. Yeah. I, I think he needs draft capital and landing spot more than anybody. And I think he needed it beforehand, and I don't think this helped him get it. That's the problem. Well, I mean, even like a guy like Michael Carter last year who went in the fourth round. If he if if Kyron Williams goes into the fourth round with to a team like the the Raiders, I'm still going to be very intrigued. 
very intrigued because we've seen Josh McDaniel use that James White type running back in the past. And so what about James Cook? <laughs> Better combine than his brother, Dalvin. Yeah. Uh, good school. But I want to go back to Kyra Williams real quick. I was just looking over my notes. Again, it's hard to ignore back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. He's got, he's got – well, one was 995. Don't at me on Twitter. Or do. If you want to think a negative comment, do it on uh, YouTube. But, you know, back-to-back, almost 1,000-yard seasons. And then he had a 35-catch season and a 27-catch season. And that's, you know, playing an ACC schedule. He's played Georgia a couple of times. He's a guy that just seems to play better than those combine metrics would dictate. So I'm not going to let that sway me too bad. But did any of that sway you before I get you talking about James Cook? Uh, I mean, a little bit. Like I said, like I thought for sure he was he, – he seemed like that guy that was going to go at 111 or 110. The guy, the running back that always falls and gets hype and that I hate it and I don't ever pick him. But, you know, that, that 40 time in that combine is going to make him slip out of it. So maybe he turns into a value. Uh, especially because now it's popular to hate him because of this. So if he lands in a favorable spot, like someone like Michael Carter did with the Jets, people aren't going to take him, and he's going to slip. So there is an opportunity for him to rebound a little bit. Uh, as far as Cook is concerned, I mean, my, ran, my man ran, you know, early 4-4s. He's got decent size. You'd like to see him get a, get a little bigger, but 5'11", right around 200. I mean, yeah, I mean, I ain't mad at it. Hey, I, I mean, mean, good pedigree. Can, yeah, can you really hate that? You know, I, I was I was torn between the the less what I what I wrote down on my notes was mediocre stats at Georgia. Yeah. But it's like he was in the backfield with a guy like Zamir White. It, it wasn't like he was in there with crumb bums and shoe clerks. He was yeah. in there with, with ballers. So again, I just all of these running backs need so much draft capital and so much situation to move up or down the rankings. But I do want to jump into the quarterbacks, and then we'll wrap up with the uh, with the with the wide receivers a little bit more in depth. But are you drafting anybody? Do, do you? So let me ask you this. Let me let me rephrase my question. How many quarterbacks do you see going in the first round of the NFL draft? Yes, sir. Uh, two. I think it's going to be two. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I, I will. Then I love my number even more. So last Thursday, Wednesday, last Wednesday night, I jumped on the live stream, and we did an NFL startup with the guys yeah. over at Toilets to Titles. And you know, I I was talking about this class, and I was like, I think the number Vegas is going to hang, or, or I guess I could say New Jersey, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, of number of quarterbacks to go in the first round. I said, if it's three and a half, I will break my phone, my phone smashing the under. And you're saying two, so maybe even two and a half just, is in play there. I just don't think. Which which two do you see for sure? Uh, I don't. I see Malik Willis going for sure. I just think he, he presents as somebody that someone's going to take a shot on. And then it's whoever somebody falls in love with. I, I don't. I think the rest are just dudes. Dude, just, I. I I was so unimpressed with this class. Yep. I mean, I, I got to say, Desmond Ritter caught me a little off guard with five, yeah. four or five speed. Yeah. That's not bad. And I know people, and it was Big cool. Minutes too. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think it was staged or planned, but you saw uh, Malik Willis outside on the streets of Indy, give a homeless person some of his combine gear. 
Uh, it seemed to be a genuine moment, but for me, it's like he just wanted to show off his arm. Remember, remember last year, Zach Wilson at his pro day ran to his left, threw the ball back across his body, oh, yeah. threw like a like about a forty yard dime, and hit the wide receiver white right in stride. Mm-hmm. Now I counted this thing, this big throw by Malik Willis at the combine. It was fifty three yards, and he missed the wide receiver by two. So it's great that you can chuck the ball down the field, but I don't know. The more I hear people talk about Malik Willis, he's a project with upside. Yeah, I think I think the best thing for Malik Willis would be to go to Atlanta, and then j- just because here's the thing: if, if you're going to be successful with a mobile quarterback, do they have the offensive line and weapons in place in Atlanta for him to be successful today? Not really. So wh- why not draft Malik Willis today? Right. Let everybody know Matt Ryan is our quarterback for 2022 because they can't cut him. They can't trade him. He's got like a $40 million cap hit. So why not draft Malik Willis, spend your cap money, whatever little you have, and the rest of your rookie picks on the defense. Go win a division. With Matt Ryan, you have the best quarterback in the division. You can win the the NFC South, maybe host a, a, a home playoff game if you do win the South. And, and then maybe you can get a little hot in the playoffs. And then next year, you're going to have Matt Ryan's salary off the books. Then you can use your free agent money and your draft picks in 2023's offseason to build an offense around a guy like Malik Willis. That's how I see Malik Willis panning out and being successful. If he goes to a place where a team can install an offense and weapons around him to make that work. I, I mean, I would love it. The the thing about the combine and quarterbacks, though, is it really shouldn't sway you because it's it's sort of useless. Like, except for in the case of like someone like Kyler Murray, like you wanted to see how fast Kyler Murray was because he was a mobile quarterback, and you know he ran in the four threes or whatever he ran. But as far as like like the throw, like the the Malik Willis throw, I I, I don't need to know how far these guys can throw the ball. I know they can throw fifty yards. Because you're not in a situation where you're going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL and you can't throw it 50 yards at 22 years old. It, that is just not a situation that exists. So the, the combine doesn't really do much for me as far as that is. I need to see where they go in the draft, who they go to in the draft, what the situation is to correctly assess their value. All right. Well, um, outside of that, uh, I, I don't I, – like Matt Carroll didn't corral whatever, didn't perform at the, at the combine. Corral. Yeah, Golden Corral got hurt. And, you know, I'm a little bit worried about him and I'm a little bit worried about Sam Howe. Because Sam Howe's got that Baker Mayfield, except he ran a bunch in college. Damn. And you hope he doesn't have this mentality that I can outrun defenders. No, you outran defenders in the ACC sometimes. Yeah. Did you see Jared Davis run like a 478 at 300 and some odd pounds and uh, Kayvon Thibodeau run like a four six five. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of those guys. A little, little bit different in the NFL than it is. I just I don't see good things out of this quarterback group. I will have none of them. I will have next to none of them, just because I don't value them. I mean, the more you hear about NFL insiders talking about how Mitch Trubisky and Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston and Carson Wentz, if he gets cut by the Colts that these are the quarterbacks, these are the bridge guys that NFL teams are going to be looking toward if they miss out on Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. That should tell you everything 
you need to know that Carolina could be willing to go another year with Sam Darnold because this quarterback class just isn't worth it. It should let, and you know what? I'm, I'm actually going to give the Bears, who I normally kick in the dick every time I get the chance, but I'm actually going to give a tip of the cap. Maybe the Bears front office at the time had looked into this year's draft class and said, you know what? It really doesn't matter if we trade up and get Justin Fields because next year there's not going to be a QB worth spending a mid or early first round pick on. So um, I'm kind of going to give the Bears a retro pat on the back as as opposed to their normal kick in the nuts. Jerry, how about that? Look at that. What a nice guy. I, I don't think you're wrong either. All right, I do have one. I do have one tight end nugget for you. <laughs> okay, I, I do kind of like Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. I know he doesn't have the best production profile. No, uh, but but here's the thing: Do you remember a guy who did have a good production profile out of an uh, old Miss named Dawson Knox? Yeah. Do you remember who his teammates were at the wide receiver position? He had he had some stars. Yeah, Demarcus Lodge, AJ Brown. And DK Metcalf. So, c- can you name some wide receivers that Jeremy Rucker has been sharing the field with the last couple of years? Uh, quite a few, and we talked Are, about a few already. And we're getting ready to talk about them again. Yeah. So, so my thing of it is, is if he gets the right combination of team and draft capital, let's say, let's say Rucker to the Chargers in the third round. The Chargers don't address tight end. They don't address tight end via free agency, and they pluck this guy out of the third round. He's he's in talks for your tight end one, the Colts. He's in, he's in talks for the first round in a uh, premium and, draft. I, I think you're right. I think like that one twelve two hundred one turn range. I don't think that's unheard of. I mean, but, not a I special mean, just, athlete, just but Herbert. I, I mean, what do you want? I mean, he's the kind of guy that you know. He feels like a quarterback could rely on him. So that was one my one tight end nugget. I do like Trey McBride. Yeah. I mean, I do like the fact that when you go to a small school and everyone knows you're getting the damn ball from a quarterback who's not going to the pros and they still get you the damn ball, says a lot about the talent at hand. So um, those are my tight end nuggets. Jerry, do you have any tight end nuggets? uh, Just a little bit on McBride. So one of my buddies that I have been friends with for damn near two decades, he's a strength and conditioning coach, and he was at Colorado State with Trey McBride. And, you know, me being the dynasty guy, this was a couple years ago, I said, you know, who do you got that's good? And I believe his exact words were, I can't, I have to bleep one of them because of YouTube, was this McBride kid is an effing tank. So that was, and, you know, two years later, here we are talking about him again. So he might be onto something there. All right. Well, I'm pulling up Jeremy Ruckert's metrics. Um, yeah, he was an average athlete. Four seven six forty. That's fifty fourth percentile. I mean, you can't, um, you can't hate on a tight end doing that kind of stuff, though. Good vertical jump. Good scouting grade. Yeah, you know, six five, six five two fifty. Looks like a ball player. Twenty one and a half years old. So, I like Ruckert. He's my cute. He's 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 in that uh, that 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 tight end two three range for me. Yep. All right, Jerry. Let's go to wide receiver. Let's wrap this thing up with speed. Not on right. speed. Speed's bad. But big takeaways from the wide receiver position. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you first. Traylon Burks. We talked about the four fours. He did not get into the four fours. Now he's six two. He's two twenty five. He's a big fella. 
he still ran well at four four five five. We were we were a little scared about him coming in. He's got a little too much Nikhil Harry for me, but also good guy. I think we got to wait on the draft capital. I'm not going to overreact too much to the four five five and everything. Um, but what were your thoughts? I would like to see him trim down to like two twenty two fifteen. Um, I'm, it's, it's hard to say that any of these guys look a little soft, but he looked bloated. Like there was some water weight there. Um, I, it changed nothing for me going into the combine. He was my wide receiver too, in this class coming out of the combine. He so. is my wide receiver too, in this class, at least as of right now, that's one of those absolutes. It would take something pretty friggin' special for one of these guys to leapfrog him as my wide receiver too. I was super impressed with Garrett Wilson. Does it sound like you were impressed with the bunny hops? Here's the thing. He, he just looks like the kind of wide receiver that in 2022, the way we play NFL football, the way the game's officiated, the way the game's called, the way the offensive coordinators scheme it up. He just seems like the kind of guy who wins where it matters in, in, in fantasy football in 2022. So if he lands in, I think, Believe it or not, I think he could be huge for Baker. I think in the same way that Jalen Waddle has been huge for Tua Tungavailoa, I think if if Wilson were to land in Cleveland, that would be huge for Baker. So I I was super impressed with with Garrett Wilson. Uh, did anybody fall at the wide receiver position for you? Uh, I mean David Bell. I mean David Bell seemed like he was going to be one of those guys that was going to be early second round pick and. He ran horribly. I mean, he was the Kyron Williams of the draft class, which it was unfortunate. You know, you, you can't run a, a four six seven or a four six five, excuse me, at six foot. Like you, you, you just can't. Not in the modern NFL. So that sucked because uh, I really like David Bell and I think he's a talent. So hopefully somebody gives him a shot, and if he's in a conducive situation, maybe he becomes a value because I really do like David Bell. But that was bad. That was that was bad on a level I was not ready for. You know the 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 first thing that everybody that everybody went to was well, Cooper Cup ran a four six two forty. Yeah, he did. And, and and for me, so very similar. Um, the the back, you know, outside of my top three, the 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 next eight wide receivers. Draft capital, where they go, means so much more than anything else. Who's your, of, who's your third? Is that Alave? No, I've act, no, no, Alave. I don't, I don't like Alave's size. He did not move okay. at all. He actually yeah. went down for me. I'll, okay. I'll get into him in just a second. But Jamison Williams is my three. Okay, it, it was it was Drake London, but he didn't run. Yeah, at the combine, and, and in fairness to him, he's had surgery recently on his ankle, but he didn't run at the pro day. Um, and, and you just listen to the, the, the Lance Zerlines and the Daniel Jeremiah's and the McShay. I have not heard anyone. And then you go to the Debbie people and the dynasty people. Everyone loves Jamison Williams. And I'm asking myself, are we making a mistake pushing him down our board because of the ACL? So for me, I flip-flopped him and Drake. I moved Drake to four and Williams to three. Okay. Now, I do want to talk about Chris Olave. Okay, well, I, I was just going to say, I'm not a huge Chris Olave guy either. Um, but, I mean, the 40 was impressive, but also extremely fast 40s like that have historically not been <laughs> great dynasty assets. 
I mean, um, I looked at some comps for him, okay? Yeah. And, and so what was his official time? Player profiler says 439. Uh, let's see. I got it pulled up here. Yep, 439. Okay, because I saw some weird 427 stuff floating around on the internet. Yeah, well, that's what it, that was the unofficial when it first happened. And then the officials flipped it to 439. Okay, they started so, it too early. Okay, so so the other really speedy guys uh, at Chris Alave, who is 5'11", 187, mm-hmm. you can't not think for two seconds and not get John John Ross or or Paris Campbell vibes. Yeah, the best, and I don't know why he popped in my head. Former but the, Buckeye, Paris Campbell. The, the, the best comp, the, the best case scenario for Chris Alave, in my opinion, at his current size, 5'11", 187, is T.Y. Hilton. Except T.Y. Hilton went in the, in the fourth round. He was 5'11", 183, and also ran in the four threes. So that, that that's your best case scenario. That's the best comp on the board I can find for Chris Alave. And I love T.Y. Hilton. He led the yeah. league in receiving one year. But he had Andrew Luck. And it's going to take a lot of things for – so for me, Alave went to seven. He went from five to seven. Okay. And then None. Jameson Williams, his size doesn't bother you a little bit? No. No. Because okay, like like six one is great, but my man was six one one seventy nine. I didn't like that. I mean, obviously he's not going to run because he's got the ACL. The ACL doesn't bother me at all. This is this is twenty twenty two. We got to grow up. But well, that, that kind of shit don't matter no more. But that was his combine weight, right? Yeah. Well, you got to. In fairness, he's had surgery, so putting okay. on so, so he's not on, so he's not okay. Okay, you're so, right. So, so putting on muscle mass and getting in the gym and and your lower body extremities carry a lot of your muscle mass. Okay. So, I, so I think he probably plays a lot more like at that 195 range. And I, I think that he just came in a little light because of the surgery. Okay. And if you've had surgery like on a lower extremity, if you want to rehab it, you wouldn't be carrying a bunch of additional weight in your upper body. Whereas That's some true. of the, some of these guys would carry cheap water weight to, to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about David Bell. I want to circle back to him. Yep. He, he's a guy that I need the NFL to unlock the door. If the NFL still takes him in the second round after a 4-6-40, then, then he's going to wind up being the steal of Dynasty drafts because Dynasty gamers are just going to have it flogged into their head over and over and over and over and over again that he's not very good and he ran a, a 4-6. You know, him ever, and Kyron Williams are the same story. If the NFL tells a different story, you sort of have to listen to it. Well, it, it, it's the rule of three, right? You have a data point. Was he good in college? Yes. Did did we see him play well against good competition? This is for both Kyron Williams and David Bell. Yes. Did we see them uh, have game-winning performances? I know David Bell beat the brakes off your Sparties. Yes, he did. You know, so so that that's a that's a positive data point. Is the college track record? I mentioned earlier about Kyron Williams having two thousand yard seasons. You know. There, there are good data points there. The combine for these guys was not a good data point. No. But if these guys get second or third round NFL draft capital, that's a good data point. And the ones that really matter, there's nothing against the analytics. But the analytics and what was successful five years ago is not successful anymore. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I don't always want to be the guy who reaches for historical outlier comp. Like the comp that Malik Willis is the next Josh Allen. Ho, 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 hold your horses just a little bit. See, Josh Allen was a 21-year-old declare. 
Malik Willis. Oh, by the way, Josh Allen transferred from junior college to Wyoming and balled out. Whereas Malik Willis washed out of Auburn and went to Liberty and was not transformative for Liberty. Is that fair? That's fair. So, so when you're reaching for these comps, sometimes you can't reach for the one all-time historical outlier. Well, the, the problem is that's what everybody does. It's it's always comparing somebody to Justin Jefferson and Josh Allen and well, Teddy Roosevelt. Like, Teddy Roosevelt said that comparison is a thief of joy. Look at you! You you've quoted literature today. You've quoted presidents. This guy. I mean, I mean, something. comparison is the thief of joy. I mean, comparing Dave. I mean, like everybody who likes David Bell, instantly, instantly, it was comps to Devonte Adams and other big-bodied wide receivers, and it didn't hurt Cooper Cup to run a force. So you're right, it didn't. But you know, there you go. You find the one all-time outlier to do these things. You can't do it. I have one last guy I want to ask you about. We'll take this one in for Landy. Teddy Roosevelt did say that. Jerry, I had to Google it. You think I was making that shit up? Sort of, yeah, a little bit. You did it Wrong. so flawlessly. Wrong. I'm smarter than I look. That's true. Anyway, you know, who's, so. you know who's slower than they looked? Who? Justin Ross. Yeah. You know, good, yeah. Friend, good friend of the show, Ray Garvin, and his co-host, uh, Rich, you know, they were joking back and forth, and they're working on some kind of a, a wager where Ray is going to run the 40, and Ray is hoping to run a sub 4.85. If Ray does that, Ray, former D2 college athlete, former attorney, current content provider, would be faster than Justin Ross, who ran a 4.87. It might as well be a 1.87 because he murdered his career, Jerry. Yeah. It's brutal. He was a uh, he was a Debbie darling for a while too. So that's... and 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 there were so many so many uh, sites that were just raving about how he could be the the steal of the draft, and you know they were hoping he was going to go at the top of the second to Jacksonville or the top of the third to Jacksonville and reunite with Trevor Lawrence. I was like, man, that was a horrible performance, Jerry. You know who is going to be that guy, I think, and it's George Pickens from Georgia. You know what? One of my bigger movers. I moved him yeah. up. I moved. I moved him up. I won't say as how high. How high is high? But I, I moved him up a bunch. You know. I mean, the NFL is going to tell us, but speed. I agree with you. Good, good speed. Big guy. Um, big, big guy. I just, you know, that that big bodied X fast receiver. You know, it's. I'll take the six foot one guy who just seems like they get separation at ease. I agree. I agree with you, but he was also a guy that was a second round pick that, you know, he, he could be moving up. So, you know, we're talking about taking him probably 109, 110 at the highest. And, and I think that's sort of fine. I think, you know, in Harry was the one Oh one. I will, so, I will so say that, this. that kind of thing has moved the, the bar backwards. A guy, a guy like, you know, Pickens in the right spot feels like you're maximizing your draft pick. Yeah. If it feels like at 6'3, I think it was 205, 4'4 four, four neighborhood 40. A lot of upside there. A lot to like. Georgia pedigree. And that's a guy at what, what was it again? 448, I believe. Yep. If I remember. Huh? Yep. Right around, right in there. Small hands, though. Not good. Eight, yeah. A little bit bigger than Kenny's. 
That's all right. Um, for for me, it's it's that he had an ACL a year yeah. ago. Yeah, you know, he didn't then, play, didn't play until the championship. Yeah, he didn't. Play, Maybe I, a little that, against Michigan. I was, say, I was gonna say, I thought he played in the uh, the semifinal and even the SEC championship game. That that all being said, he's a guy who's less than a full year removed from an ACL surgery, yeah. and now he's going to be going into year two. So there's a world where he could have even ran faster at six foot three. So again, I don't want to you know paint these guys with a broad brush, but uh, there was a lot to take away, Jerry. But uh, we're coming up on combine season. Yeah. So let me let me just say that I think I mean free agent season. Yeah, free agency. Uh, I I knew where you were going. My bad. I should have corrected you. But I, I just want to let I you think, go. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the biggest thing is that. It didn't tell us a ton, like we said earlier, just to reiterate, outside of Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. I do think they separated themselves, and I think we don't have any damn idea what the rest of it's going to shake out as. Now, we can talk about it, and we have to talk about it because it's the one thing we've got, and the whole community's doing the same thing. Don't get me wrong, but the NFL draft is going to tell us who's going three in our rookie drafts, who's going four, who's going 201, who's going 301. Because it is an absolute cluster F word right now. And I I don't think you disagree with that. No, and and I posted this on Twitter, and it was actually one of my more liked tweets in a while. I was like, how much did the combine move my dynasty rookie rankings? And I was like, moderately. Moved a couple of guys up, a couple of guys down. I think Alave was my big move down guy at but, two spots. But, but like the NFL draft could completely throw that right out. The we, 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 they could, if he goes to the right spot, yep. it, you know, he's going to get the slingshot treatment. I agree. You, you just, again, I look at all these things like a data point. It, it's just, it goes into the, the, the formula. Now I'm never going to be my model guy. No. I'm not, and I'm not going to be my model guy. Um, Cause it's, it's not as simple as putting it into a spreadsheet. Nope. You know, uh, I, I mentioned your boy Colin Cowherd earlier. He says this a lot on his show. He talks about, you know, analytics, and sometimes there's the manalytics. Sometimes you got to look at the dude, what he did in college, and it's not just data, data, you know, points on a spreadsheet. If it was that easy, the hit rate would be higher in the real NFL. Remember that, by the way. Yeah. Remember, remember that, by the way. When all these dynasty services and, and Twitter content providers talk about how perfect a, p- a prospect is and how they can't miss, remember these guys. The NFL isn't that good. You know what? I, I I still have it somewhere. I'm going to tack it on to the back end of this episode. It was uh, the famous R.J. Bell segment where he talks about if you think you're such a scout, go to your local NFL franchise, tell them who you are, tell them that you're going to break down some film for them, and just see how that goes. We're doing the best we can with the information we have. So I'm never going to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm not a data scientist. I can use data. I can use film. I can use data points to create a process to where I can help you draft some pretty good dynasty players. And we've been doing that for four years, Jerry. Yep. And if you want to instantly every week at that. Consistently building winners for over, well, for me, over four years. For Jerry and I as a team, it'll be Off four and years. on. Yeah. It'll, I mean, it'll, no, well, no, for us as a team, as the, the Memphis and Jerry team, the Jerry and Memphis team, 
will be officially four years in, in June. But you know what? We've been building winners for a long time. We're glad you're hanging out with us. Uh, Jerry, I'll be back here next week. We'll be talking free agency. We'll be talking buzz because it'll be just before the free agency. We'll be talking in legal tampering period next week. So it's a That's great. Enough, it's a small holiday. We're we're gonna, we're we're going to leave the rookies for a full week to our man Dallas over on the rookie rundown, and uh, you and I will talk free agents, potential landing spots, legalized tampering, and all that good stuff, Jerry. But uh, I want to make sure I mention Hate Brand Goods. So this coming Thursday, they are going to be having a sale on the world famous goat shorts, forty percent off. They also had, and I love the way Matt owned this, he uh, he had a mistake. The brand is spelled H-V-I-I-I. That's H in the Roman numeral for eight. Hate, H-V-I-I-I. On the screen printing, they forgot to put an I. So, so now it's like heaven, question <laughs> mark? Yeah. But they're going to be selling that collection with an imperfect logo for 40% off. And the last time they had a, they, they had a big, huge sale like this, the promo code Memphis still took an additional 10% off. So head over there. Great chance to get some goat shorts. You can use them in the summer to work out. You can use them at the pool. They do double as swim trunks. I've done it many times. And uh, you'll have something that your friends don't have, and you'll look unique. You'll look good. High-quality goods. That's the com promo code Memphis. Jerry? Let's get out of here. I'm glad we got the mystery uh, mock draft podcast up. Maybe uh, in a couple of weeks we'll do a mock draft and we'll get some friends. Oh, baby, don't get me excited like that. And maybe next time we'll go two rounds. See, now you're really getting me going. See, I told my wife that once and she knew I was lying too. But until next time, that old two-rounder may or may not be here. That man's name is Jerry Sinclair. My name is Memphis you can follow the show at Dynasty Warzone on Instagram and Twitter. And here at the Dynasty Warzone, Jerry, what are we doing? We're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good week. See you soon. Hate brand goods. That's us. You're very, very proud of the brand and very proud of what we stand for, man. We stand for those who give a shit. We want to be with those who want to do more. And no matter what your pursuit is and whatever it is, as long as you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you're being accountable to what your goals are, we got your back. Hate brand goods, spread hate, always party. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak